and welcome everyone to What's on My Mind, a one-of-a-kind podcast. Today, I, Suhani Khemka and Adha Kataruka are going to talk about an important topic, sex education. We also have a very special guest joining us today, Mrs. Andrew Kish. But first, let us know what's going around between teenagers these days. Before we begin, let us introduce ourselves. I'm Suhani Khemka, a 14-year-old from Kolkata who just has started high school today. I am obsessed with cats. I am very passionate about baking, music, and traveling. Hi everyone, I'm Atya Kataroka, a 14-year-old teenager from Kolkata. My favorite interests include making my own art and writing. I also love to read, listen to music, and travel to nature-friendly places. Hey Adya, great to be here with you today. How are you? Hi Suhani, I'm great. How about you? Good to hear. I'm doing well too. So about today's topic, that is sex education, and since we are both teenagers, how do you feel about this topic? I feel that this topic has immense importance and should be discussed more often and openly too. Yeah, I agree with you there. Like I personally could only ever talk to it about my close friends, and unless of course it came up in my biology syllabus, but the word sex could still not be spoken out loud by me in front of any adult. It is more or less the same for me too. Also in my home, since I started getting my period, where every month when it comes, I'm not allowed to enter the kitchen or holy places as I'm said to be impure at that time. And with such enduring pain, it gets even more difficult. Oh God, yeah, the stigma about periods bothers me so much. I seriously can't help but question it since it makes no sense to me. Instead, it puts menstruation in bad light, which makes it even harder to deal with it. So today, to get the answer to all these questions and taboos, let's welcome the one and only Mrs. Anju Kish. She is an author and founder of Untaboo, which helps children and parents talk about handling their growth and changes better. She is a sex educator, writer, author, does theater, stand-up comedy, is a TEDx speaker and an entrepreneur. She has penned the acclaimed How I Got My Belly Button, a fun and easy-to-understand book for children on puberty, growing up, and sex. It answers all the questions in a gentle and factual manner, opening doors for parents and kids to start engaging in fruitful discussions on these sensitive topics. We are so glad we have Anju Ma'am with us. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you for joining us on our show. Hi, such a pleasure to be here. And uh, Adya and Sohani, so, so amazing to see young people like you, you know, leading discussions on this. So thank you for starting a podcast and taking up a topic like sex education. Thank you so much, ma'am. We are glad to be here. Thank you so much, ma'am, for that. And so to start off with the basic, what exactly is sex education and what audience does it target? Well, uh, this is a question often asked, what is sex education? If I were to ask you what is sex education, what would your be your answer? Like, yeah. I personally would say it's talking about sexuality and how the reproductive system works and controlling our emotions and all the stuff related to that. 
Well, uh, yes, absolutely. It's that, and it's more than that. It is just, it is actually beyond just the sexual, you know, issues. It's, um, I would say, it's conversation to, of course, understand bodies as changes, changes in emotions, understanding reproduction, safety, consent, genders, sexual orientation, respect, empathy, relationships. I can go on and on. So it actually covers a wide spectrum, and I, I like to call sex education like an umbrella term under which is nestled. thousands of topics uh, you know including um, uh, as something as basic as uh, personal and genital hygiene uh, safety against abuse appropriate private and public behavior and so much more so so do not fear this word sex education and understand that sex education is uh, actually focuses on two main themes the need for accurate information and appropriate responsible behavior that sounds great and also very important so what audience does it actually target like do you start over children or only teenagers like any age group specifically so we at antagu uh, deal with children as young as 6 and uh, go up to having programs for uh, young adults as old as 21 so our programs are geared towards children teens and young adults 6 to 21 but we also deal with parents we have sessions for parents we have sessions for teachers we have sessions for non teaching staff because while it's important to educate the children it's equally and in fact more so important to educate the adults so that they are there to support um, you know the children in their growing up years see most of us have grown up without any sex education most of us adults and i'm sure even you, you your generation is growing up with very little accurate sex education so obviously we have biases against it personal biases societal cultural biases thus it becomes very very important and crucial to educate the adults before we even get to the children and that's what we at antabu do yeah i totally agree with you and you know it's about changing and you know becoming more open minded because people still you know are too afraid to say the word sex or talk about it at all right absolutely and because of the term sex in sex education is often mis- misconstrued and thought that sex education is teaching kids about sex and that's why you know a whole lot of people reject the entire concept of sex education probably we just need to coin a new term a term which is less to <laughs> that so how exactly do you deal with people who you know don't want it or you know go against it how do you change the taboo well i think conversations are the only way to change uh, you know to untaboo this topic and conversations to decode sex education and that's what we do through our parent awareness talks our adult awareness talks we try and decode uh, what sex education is and explain to them how sex education is not about sex and how it's actually um, you know it 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 actually provides young people with factually accurate age appropriate content so that they are able to make well informed responsible decisions form healthy relationships and take care of themselves both physically and emotionally so in short sex education is actually about safety that's the message we give out to the parents through our talks through our social media through the ted talks that i do uh, through the columns that i write through the blogs that i write my entire focus is on untabooing sex education and then of course making it accessible to the young ones wow ma'am that sounds amazing So, of course, Mian Sanskriti Jain, a 15-year-old from Bhopal, has written an impactful poem on the topic, "The Day I Became Friends with My Body." It goes like, "And one day, my body finally asks me, 'Would you like to be friends with me?'" 
and I happily replied, this is the day I have been waiting my whole life for. Since then, we are in love with each other, without any traumas, peacefully. When puberty hits, our body goes through many changes and it sometimes becomes hard for us to befriend our body. How do you think we can adapt to the change and love our body? That was a beautiful little uh, para that you had there. And uh, it's so true. I think it all, the body, positivity, confidence, everything stems from loving our bodies, right? All, all issues actually stem from, right, that basic thing about loving our body and having that positive self-esteem. You know, uh, actually, according to a research, adolescence is the most stressful period in a human being's life. Uh, you know, the body is changing, emotions are playing havoc, sexual changes and sexual feelings are at its peak. There's confusion, mood swings, and the world just seems topsy-turvy. To top it all, the media and the world around us is, of course, giving us, you know, very mixed messages about the way we need to be. And coupled with that is also almost complete silence on the topic at home and in school. So basically, the young ones are left to fend for themselves. And, uh, you know, the foundational years when attitudes about things are being formed, there is no conversation around it. So it's absolutely, uh, the research results are fair, which says that, like I said, adolescence is the most, uh, um, you know, stressful years in a, in, a, in a growing child's life. Now, when you talk about how do we deal with this, how do we create that body positivity? I think one of the most important key things is to realize the difference between real and real. You know, the messaging that the media is giving you, whether it is through ad films, through uh, feature films, through even pornographic films, is that bodies need to be a particular way to be beautiful. I think we need to understand that millions of rupees are spent to make those people look the way they look, not just through beauty treatments and surgeries, but through Photoshop, special effects and etc. Um, in fact, today, if we see all phones have beauty filters so that we look pretty in our pictures, that's what we have come down to, you know, wanting. Anju, have you accidentally muted yourself? <laughs> Oops, yeah. yes. I'm back. Thank you. So, yeah, coming back to uh, body positivity, I'm saying the first thing we need to do is uh, stop believing what the media uh, is telling us. Look at real-life examples around us of famous people who do not fall under the traditional definition of good looks. You know, whether it could be sports people or actors who maybe... Uh, probably short or dark, and those are not our traditional markers for beauty, right? Uh, so just remember that looks do not define you. It is you who defines you. Also, the messaging that our, again, our films and creative media gives us, for example, a youth seeing in films that being rejected in love has to be tackled by revenge, rape, or taking one's life, is showing them such a warped reality. We need to be having conversations with our kids about, you know, consent and respect and relationships and teaching them skills to cope with rejection and handling interpersonal relationships. So one key thing is that the youth needs to understand that real and real life are different. That I think would possibly lead them to have, um, you know, positive self-image and body image. And having said that, I think we also as parents need to tweak our parenting style a little because unconsciously we, we we kind of 
you know put in the child's mind a lot of body negativity when we even say simple things like why don't you start hanging so that you grow taller uh you're unconsciously sending them the message that only tall is beautiful or telling them that you know start dieting you have become obese instead of that why don't we just just shift perspective and little and encourage them to eat healthy for health reasons and not for physical looks so i think um that tweaking our style of parenting might also help in this regard i hope that answers your question yes ma'am it absolutely does and i totally relate to what you've said like adolescence can be very stressful and parents do also sometimes you know indirectly or you know unintentionally pressure us about our bodies and yes um, real and real has to be differentiated between right so uh, also during adolescence teens get an overwhelming rush of hormones and desires so what are your thoughts on that and how can we control them again i think it can be handled through conversations and uh, parents play a huge role in this um uh, they need to understand that their kids are sexual human beings and uh, that the sexual feelings begin as soon as puberty begins because puberty begins with the production of sex hormones so it's but obvious that the sexual feelings will begin i think we have to start recognizing this fact only once we recognize that it is a natural uh, biological uh, factor is when we start accepting this and uh, because once once the parents accept this once they have conversations with children about it automatically the guilt which the you know teenagers face about this gets taken away and there are lots of ways to handle your hormones and uh, sexual feelings and one of the things i would say masturbation is an amazing technique to uh, you know take care of those sexual feelings and that is something which needs to be absolutely untabooed along with the entire concept of sex and sex education masturbation is another very taboo topic and we should be talking about the advantages of that yes ma'am i also agree with you over there and that sounds amazing and yes there are many taboos about masturbation too which should be overcome because uh, it's also said to have a lot of health benefits too right. so yes i agree with you over there A thoughtful essay written by Vidya, a 12-year-old Kolkata from Kolkata, talked about the stigma of menstruation and addressed the important need of knowing about our bodies. A paragraph from it said, "So if you have a question, please find out the answer. We are not too young for anything. If we are old enough to choose our own shopping, we can also find out about our own bodies. If we can hear all English songs with so much slang, we can at the same time also talk interactively about health topics, right? Based on the words above, we have a question from another youngster, which is as follows: Parents are hesitant to talk about the bodily changes we undergo at puberty, and I understand the cultural reasons behind it. It can be hard for us to approach them about such topics. Any suggestions on how we can go on about it and talk to them about such issues? So. you know now that you've mentioned culture probably i think it's important to start off discussion with parents by talking about culture that what is this culture that we are talking about now culture is ever evolving right um see wearing probably jeans was not part of a culture eating pasta was not our culture women going to office was not our culture intercaste marriages were not our culture 
but we have evolved we've adapted we've grown any culture which is stagnant will kind of not be a progressive culture so in fact sex education was very much part of our culture and we have the kama sutra and khajurao to prove that however without getting into you know detailed discussions about culture i think one of the ways you can open up conversations at home is by going out there and calling out the awkwardness you know approach your parents tell them that you are embarrassed to talk about this topic and i'm sure that you know you the parent are also embarrassed but that this is important and why don't you together figure this out tell them that there's a lot of chatter around this topic today and so much is information is available online which may or may not be accurate and you don't know how to filter through that information and you'd rather know the right information from your parents who could be your best source of information so call out that awkwardness that's a great way to start conversation now because i deal with parents i also know that a lot of parents want to talk to their children today but they hesitate because they also are awkward they feel that the moment they open conversations with their children their children get awkward and don't want to listen to them or parents are fear that they don't have the right information so i think it's a step forward both the children and the parents should take together and um, uh, you know like i said call out that awkwardness and start those conversations and if and if and if you know uh, initiating a particular topic is difficult for you there's in fact something at antabu that we have what we call the conversation jar and it's a great tool you can create one for yourself where you know the family has a conversation jar and everybody in the family puts a chit there with a topic now that topic needn't be a topic related to sex education it could be any topic and in there also put questions about your bodies your you know about relationships consent anything that you want to know let the parent also put in that uh, put in those questions every day at dinner table pick out one of the chit and talk about that topic that topic could be something as basic as the traffic in mumbai or it could be about what do you think about um, uh, gender or sexual orientation so normalize these conversations by creating something like a conversation tool and i think if you can make your parents understand that sex ed is again not about teaching them you to have sex uh, it's about uh, you know more about your safety than anything else i'm sure they will get around to getting over their awkwardness and having these conversations with you absolutely and do do let me know if you start this conversation jar and yes ma'am sure thank you so much for such a great advice we'll definitely try this out with our parents so all the audience can write their views in the chat box and also feel free to put in the questions there just in case you're using backstage for the first time the chat box is on the bottom of the screen and you can put your questions experiences and opinions there meanwhile let us also welcome miss mugda kalra co-founder of not that different and a leading voice in the parenting community we would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode of the podcast Hey Adya, hey Suhani, thank you so much. And Anju, it's always such a pleasure to uh, listen to you, and uh, you are such a trailblazer in this uh, area of work. And truly, 
like the expert voice, the sane voice. Uh, so it is uh, so, so good to have you on Not That Difference uh, podcast uh, powered by Bukosmia. Um, uh, Anju, uh, this is a conversation that needs to happen much more often. And at Not That Different, we are looking at both the mental health of neurotypicals and the me mental health of neurodiverse. And when we talk about neurodiversity, uh, it comes with its own set of challenges. And uh, since I'm a mom to a neurodiverse child, you know, I always felt uh, that, you know, he's also growing up. And uh, when there is such little awareness about sex education with neurotypicals, my God, how do we even start with neurodiversity, right? But I'm sure that, you know, this is uh, just the beginning and I, I'm looking forward to untaboo to sort of uh, uh, come up with something uh, which is across spectrums for neurotypical and neurodiverse uh, kids because after all, they're not that different. But do you get a lot of uh, queries from uh, moms like me who are also uh, you know bringing up uh, kids uh, who are a little different uh, from uh, from the neurotypicals uh, so hi mugda e thank you for um, for the uh, you know such warm welcome and <laughs> words your words about me in the space of sex education and thank you and for thank you for picking up this topic and inviting me for this session um you know, like you rightly said, you know, the young uh, in a world which refuses to accept the needs of the neurotypical, accepting the needs of a person with developmental disabilities is a far, far cry, right? And uh, taboos and stigmas ordinarily associated with sexual behavior are enhanced, in fact, when juxtaposed with stereotypes about mental or physical disability. And unfortunately, I have had in my 10 years probably two parents approached me for sex education for their kids who had some kind oh. of developmental mm. disability. And uh, because it is right. such a stigma, right? Uh, so, and that run, runs across, you know, whatever kind of kid you have. So it would be, weird. I'd absolutely like to partner with you all and take this topic up. Currently at, at Antabu, we do not have sex education, unfortunately, uh, for, you know, people with uh, different abilities, because it is mm -hmm. a very, very highly specialized field, because there are different kinds of disabilities, and each may require a different right. way of teaching. Uh, for some, it may more than more than sex education, it may more be about social interaction. Uh, you know, may require that Absolutely. kind of... Absolutely. Just with reach. behavior, I think, right? I mean, you know, appropriate behavior right. and, you know, how to right. also just understand good touch and bad touch being a, say, a semi-verbal child or a non-verbal child. I think it's so important uh, for us parents to have that, uh, you know, know-how or how to go about with our children. Absolutely. And I think most people think that people with mm -hmm. disabilities are different but they're no different they go through a puberty too they go they also turn into adults uh, they too have romantic longings and sexual interests so i think we need to understand that these people also grow up you know they become adults and have a right to adult relationships have a right to information in order to be able to form those healthy relationships or social behavior and also of course most Absolutely. critically to prevent Absolutely. sexual abuse 
so absolutely mukda on another note we, we should catch up over this and uh, so i'm i'm, I'm all game for it yeah <laughs> thank yeah, you adil yeah. and suhani for letting me ask the question <laughs> great it's our pleasure ma'am uh, any questions audience you can shoot up So can I ask you a question while we are waiting for an audience member to ask a question? Yes, ma'am. Yes, I'm sure. I'd love to know how you got your sex education. I'd like to know what are the sources teenagers and tweens use for sex education. Oh, uh, because for me it was. Mom, yeah, please go. For ahead. me, it was mostly my school friends. Mm-hmm. so uh, you know just whatever you you get at school from classics and you know even in from the complex like i live in a complex a society so there are more people my age and i interact with them and they talk about such topics like you know knowledge and then of course google is there right so different ways by which so, i got to know but how do you know what, what the information that you're getting is accurate or um uh, sorry yeah uh, um, there's like, no uh, when we were in class 8 or uh, like Uh, in biology we were taught about all these stuff uh, a bio teacher she was very interactive and uh, she talked to us oh. in a very uh, open manner so uh, it was really good to uh, learn about these stuff so from there we know that yeah it is accurate and of course we had friends and google to uh, grab in more information and knowledge absolutely but but i think we forget that sex education is not just the physical aspect and it's great that the biology teachers are finally teaching this topic and not skipping over the content in the biology book on reproduction but it is still a very physical aspect right um sex education is beyond just the physical aspect it's about emotions it's about social behavior it's about safety and uh, google when you when you google it it throws up hundreds of sites how does a teenager even know which one to go to which has the accurate information which doesn't and unfortunately in a lot of cases and this is of course through our research also at antabu that porn becomes the sex educator in fact i'd like to share a a, a research which says that 80% of kids college kids in india watch porn now that is not the surprising bit but the the shocking bit is that out of that 80% 40% watch rape videos and these are actual rape videos and out of the 40% who watch those rape video videos 60% said that they feel like raping a woman when they watch those rape videos so my appeal to parents and educators is that is this the generation kind of generation we want to raise sex education is not about sex it is about the safety of your children it is the safety or society so partner with us and tabu this conversation and uh, adya and sohani people like you the generation you know the young generation needs to come forward and partner with organizations like us to untaboo this topic and spread the message um sohani and adya if i could just come in um thank you so much anju i i know uh, you speak totally from the heart when you talk about this topic and those stats you share are so disturbing um while we were coming up with this workshop you know uh, with this particular podcast um, i remember us discussing that shall we even call it sex education because like we discussed in the beginning so many parents so many kids would not even turn up because the word sex 
isn't it um and i think uh, both arshna and i are very um excited about the idea of like you said maybe don't call it that this is more about being safe and you know it's more about understanding your own body um so absolutely i think that could be something that's a takeaway for us uh, maybe our bookosmens can suggest what would give them comfort um in talking to their parents about if they call it a certain way uh, and um, you know like uh, we have entries come in on uh, menstruation and we were amazed with um, the ease with which uh, people opened up about how they have had this conversation um suppose someone uh, started their periods and the father has sat and explained it um to the brother as well but i think um we are right now at a stage where even having the conversation mom to daughter or father to son is uh, is um, so rare that expecting that you come together as a family um and have a resource which um helps you talk to the other gender about it it just seems like a very far cry right anju what, what do you think um it is a far cry but we have a growing number of parents who are doing that uh they are mm-hmm. educating themselves they are speaking together as a family and we have wonderful stories of change which we hear from them but yes you're right even if it's a conversation between a mother and a daughter or a father and a son it's absolutely okay as long as the child is getting the message but also you know it's not just about for example if you're talking about menstruation it's not just about telling that child what menstruation is and how it happens and how to deal with it it's also creating positivity around the whole concept it's tackling all the myths right. associated with it I mean, it does not make sense if you're telling your child about menstruation, but at the same time insisting that they follow all the myths associated with menstruation. In Absolutely. fact, move beyond those biases that we've grown up with. Try and understand where those myths originated from. Do they really apply in today's day and time? And you know, develop that positivity in your child. So I think that kind of education, that positive education, and not fear-based education, is what we should be aiming for. absolutely and uh, just one last question from me anju so i i'm aware that schools have their hands full when they're you know teaching about so many various things and um, many of us um, did not even like you said get to a biology class where this was discussed so while we were opening up probably frogs and fish uh, but we were so unaware of our own bodies uh, do you see a place for this and i would think so because there's so much trust in what a school imparts um and uh, you know this frantic hunting on the internet to understand and then uh, or asking and talking to your friends about it like these girls shared do you see a role that the school has to play uh in probably introducing this as a full fledged um subject i know that already like my daughter at 8 year old has a class uh, about uh, positive body understanding or something right. but i don't know why or where they fizzle out as you grow up and then you really need them what's your view do you think the schools need to step in there Absolutely. and do that i think if it can be introduced as part of the curriculum nothing better than that because it's not just a one time talk it's it's a continuous talk it's almost like you know sex education is incremental learning right you learn just like you learn abcd in younger you know lower grades and right. then you keep adding on to build your language or you build your maths skills based on learning about numbers and then addition and then the other bit sex education is exactly like that so it needs to start from primary section and go on till 
it's a lifelong learning actually sex education people like you and mm. me also need sex education there's always some something that we need to know so definitely schools taking this up would be absolutely fantastic and i think the government had taken a stance towards it they had made sex education compulsory in icsc board um uh, but unfortunately i think it didn't do very well because again the biases which the teachers who were teaching it had because teaching sex education is a very difficult subject it's it's not just about teaching it's about taking questions and answering those in a very very positive manner i think we need to probably have programs which are not teacher led they are programs they are self learn programs self paced programs where the child can learn at home and then the teachers lead discussions in school about it so that the onus is not on the teachers to teach and get awkward with the questions which come their way in fact that's exactly what we at antagu are heading towards we are on the verge of launching our online sex education platform where we'll be hosting um these online programs for on puberty safety you know uh, uh sex sexuality and these are all self paced self learned programs animated gamified engaging programs so we really hope to even go to schools with it so that we you know the onus is not on the schools to teach it is just they get ready made programs which they can consume uh but for right. sure schools taking this up would be amazing yeah i can see how that would certainly avoid the awkward giggles and the silence or the smirks which you know you face when if you're asking raising your hand to ask such a question to your teacher or the lack of you know information or just the empathy to answer that a teacher may have given that none of us in our generation underwent that so right. um i i i can understand how that would be useful to take it from an online medium and then have the questions answered all right this is fantastic uh, adyan sohani over to you if you want to close this out um i've had um, a brilliant time listening in i think uh, we would love um to figure a way where we could have more of these conversations in workshop for our bookosmians i know mukta is going to look into the aspect of um, neurodiverse uh, children benefiting from it oh yes ma'am adyan oh, suhani anything considering that there guys? are no more questions we'd like to end with oh, menstruation is not pure sex education is important and the mental and physical problems we face during puberty are real and are nothing to be ashamed about for more information and knowledge on the topic you can also visit the antabu website we'd like to thank anjuma for being here today spending a time and and enlightening the world we'd also like to thank the youngsters for participating keep tuning into what's on my mind Thank you so thank you Adya Sohani Thank you thank you Thanks everybody thank you so this podcast would also be available on Audible and Spotify soon Thanks uh, Sohani Adya for running this so smoothly honestly um, totally love that and that's the need of the hour Thanks Anju for answering the questions thank you. <laughs> with such clarity Bye bye thank you bye everybody Bye bye